0: If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecesscom autocall MAFS.
1: You guys know I don't drink very much. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, And this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast.
0: Hi, beautiful people. Welcome to episode five of Alter Call. Hi, Aid. How are you?
1: I'm good. As you know, my life
0: is consumed with packing and getting ready to move. Guys, this trader right here. <laughs> <laughs> is leaving the area and deciding to move
1: instead of being like oh i'm in houston oh i'm in
0: dc i'm like why don't you just move to houston so that's what i'm doing you guys she is i mean i kind of encouraged it but at the same time i don't even know if i was serious but you took it (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) oh well but i'm happy for you when's all the moving because moving is a pain in the ass
1: I mean, I started my moving with a two-day road trip from Houston to D.C., one that I get to do again from D.C. to Houston in two weeks. I could never. (laughs) I could never. (laughs) Everything about moving is torture. Um, But it has to be done. But it's nice because it has, like, a finite date if you don't have the stuff packed when the movers come you're you are the one who's gonna suffer so mm-hmm. you you have that incentive to just get it done yeah
0: yeah And once all that is settled done then you'll be uh, you'll be at a semblance of peace again
1: <laughs> and I must say moving in winter kind of has its pros because I'm like oh my god I get to leave this cold <laughs> Yeah, But it's also not a very energetic time Where you're like, it's cold I just want to come up with a blanket I don't want to pack this stuff But anyway, yes, that's my life these days, you guys That and married at first sight
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're going to be on global I'm, I said global We're going to be on equal footing soon Look at Dallas Dallas had all that snow today I know It was a hot mess Give it two, three years <laughs> Global warming is wor- is working its way up <laughs> Or oh, down, south <laughs> So, Anyways Do we have any exciting or just regular news to share with the people out there? Um, Janet Jackson's
1: documentary, man.
0: Mm, That was good. It was good. So let me say this. We don't give people their flowers enough. And don't get me wrong, we appreciate people while they're still alive. But sometimes, until you go through, like, some of these celebrities, like, a montage of all the things they've done, you're like, damn, yes. You, 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 you did, you did that. And Jenna Jackson is just one of them. Like, she was just, she was great. And I'll say that I was a little, eh, because she's the one that's producing it. And whenever they produce their own documentaries, eh, you know, not all of it is in there but I think it was generally overall good. What did you think? I really like it. And I kind of like the fact
1: that we have to, you cannot do a Janet Jackson documentary without doing a whole Jackson family documentary plus Michael. Yeah. So I appreciate that we sort of acknowledge how difficult it is to be your own person and have your own identity when the whole thing is built on your parents and your siblings and your super worldwide famous brother. Like, it's it's a good also, like, I'm I had no idea she was married to James DeBarge. I had no idea she was married to this Renee Elizondo guy. Like, <laughs> she lived a lot of life before I kind of knew who she was. So I'm like, oh, I didn't know this about you.
0: You were on fame. <laughs> I-, I wish you could see my face. You did not know that? No. It's the running joke among the community, the whole baby thing that she, they had a baby together and they got married early. And then with the whole Renee Elizondo, when they finally broke up, it was like, they were married, married. We all thought they were dating the entire time. And then her acting thing. I'm shocked.
1: How do I put this?
0: I'm younger than you
1: and I'm not into pop culture the way you are. And I really wasn't into pop culture. I think when I was younger, I'm like, the internet really helps me stay up on things because I was watching that Super Bowl. I, have, I remember watching it. And then like, I didn't know that something happened until like the next day when I read the newspaper. We didn't have Twitter back then.
0: I missed it because I was on a plane from New Jersey. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was just fascinating to see through her eyes, let me say, because all of these things were out there, so to speak. So, it was cool. I do think that she gave the general air of someone in pain. Yes. <laughs> <And> oh, yes.
1: <laughs> Did you laugh as you said
0: yes? I
1: laughed because, I mean, your phrasing is probably why I laughed. But it's just like, <laughs> it's it's a, I think it's a very difficult thing to be famous your whole life.
0: You know, when she says, she said, she said it very casually. For some reason, I seem to be attracted to guys that are addicted to drugs. And you're just <laughs> like, what? <laughs> that's heavy. <laughs> like,
1: I, I, but that's the type of thing that I think like, we could explore deeper. Like, what is it about that struggle that attracts you? And then I'm like, okay, Renee doesn't appear to be on drugs, but we still have a lot of life to go. So I wonder, is he was James the first and only, or... Are we going to hear about the others?
0: Yeah. So the, the 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 general talk was, if you notice, everyone was saying everything but the fact that Renee is very controlling. And I'm like, what is happening? Someone was like, oh, they were forced to reckon with. As a pair, they were so great. But he was, you know, he had a hold of, I was like, what? why is everyone tiptoeing? But then I remember that all the footage that they had from him had never been seen. So, it probably was part of the agreement. Like, you, first of all, you pay me. He looks like an extortionist, anyways. So, you pay me a shit ton of money and you don't say anything bad about me. You don't say, well, to an extent uh, about me, because it was very weird to me how everyone was like, ah, there's like a but that no one was saying out loud.
1: Huh. So, See, I'm not done with the third episode. Oh, so maybe I'll. But I, I see. I we we started on the Renee era era. So yeah, it's it's uh
0: he it doesn't seem that great. <laughs> oh no, he doesn't. I mean, yeah, you keep going. I mean, I was just waiting for the Jermaine Dupree part because that was a head scratch worthy for all of us. Like wh- what? I mean, looks and not everything, but what? <laughs> and and you know, she doesn't mention her the father of her child at all. But, really? you know, they signed like the word on the street is like um, signed an NDA is not about that fame life. And she didn't even mention him at all. Um, she didn't mention because I will admit, guys, I am one of the people who thought it was kind of irresponsible to have a child at 50. Um, health reasons. Just, just 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 my, you know, whatever. But she said it. She was like, people were going to say, but I believed in it. She said she traveled, went to see many doctors and, you know, poked product, but she wanted it. And that was it. And the funniest part was her siblings saying, I just never thought she was going to be a mom. <laughs> and her mom said the same thing? Like, I just thought it was past that or whatever. But it looks like she was determined to be a wife. And it makes it even more painful that she spent all this time with these men, hoping, like, she thought she was going to have a life with Jermaine Dupree and, you know, wanted to marry him and all that stuff. And, you know, just... I'm glad she didn't miss her window, so to speak. And she got the child, you know, that she wanted happy, healthy, and everyone's doing okay. But... She is one of our greats. I'll say that. She is one of our greats. So.
1: I would say the best part of the documentary is the siblings commentary. It It is much as they're like Renee and I guess we'll get to the other boyfriends and maybe I'll see the documentary differently after I actually finish it. Mm-hmm. But people always, not always, but it's a thing that sibling rela- sibling relationships are some of the most like unacknowledged relationships mm-hmm. in public life like your children your parents your significant other those ones get a lot of like attention yeah, but the yeah. person who you grow with from your whole life usually doesn't and so I just love when her like Re- Rebbe. I love when Rebby is commentating mm-hmm. like then we found out she married him too I'm like mm-hmm. like um I think it's Tito and Marlon are also interviewed. So I just, I like that part of it. And then, of course, Michael, like we just, you know, he's not with us anymore, but there's, he's a huge part of the documentary. So I, it's good so far. I, I actually wasn't sure if it was over. I'm two and a half in. So there's, there's four parts and they've all aired.
0: Yeah, it was just uh, one and two the first night and then three and four the next night. Okay, I will finish Yeah, it. so that was it. Um, very interesting. Latoya didn't make an appearance, so I'm guessing that's Rocky. So, yeah. Oh, I will say one last thing. The whole thing about, you know, so did you have a child? They didn't quite say they she didn't. They're, I mean... It, it was answered very <laughs> interestingly. <laughs>
1: I was like, if this was just a silly rumor, why do all of you seem so emotional about it? Mm-hmm. But I feel bad that I'm sure they're like, okay, we'll go in the documentary and somewhat deny it. Like, they even showed pictures of the other kids. And I was like, so it must be <laughs> one of the other kids that you didn't show is the one?
0: <laughs> it was just handled very interestingly that I was like, I don't think I'm convinced that you didn't have a child. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, she gave Justin an out, but according to the social media, it doesn't seem he gets that out. Everyone's like, she made peace? No, we're not making peace, so.
1: (laughs) There was another Janet Jackson documentary on Hulu, and it wasn't really a Janet Jackson documentary. It felt like just Mm. Super Bowl Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And that one, uh, I mean, I don't know what, I haven't finished it yet, but that one, no, there will be no forgiveness for Justin. Because they made sure, they didn't just do like, oh, the boob. They went back to show us that Justin had kind of not been great before that to her. (laughs) So, yeah, there's no forgiveness for Justin for me personally.
0: Yeah, I'm glad she didn't, you know, in she didn't dwell on the whole CBS vendetta thing because it reminded me of you aid, you know how you always say like, listen, we're not going to dwell in the negative, not going to dwell on <laughs> anyone with the negative energy, just keep it moving. Because I mean, for those who don't know, Les Moonves, who is the CEO or something of CBS, who is now out for sexual allegations, decided that he was going to blacklist her and make her life miserable and went after her. And they just, really didn't touch on it. They kind of did. And they did it in a conversation with Randy, her brother, who is now her manager, which I found very sweet. Um, but yeah, she just touched on it and that's it. She's like, listen, it's done. It's done. I have other things in my life and move on. It's Maybe
1: it's an age thing, like just the age I was when it happened. But even watching the Hulu documentary, they describe all this backlash that happened to Janet and none of it registered to me. Like, to me, she was Janet Jackson before the boob. She was Janet Jackson after the boob. I didn't realize that, like, all these things, like, they had tried to blackball her, and they had un- yeah. uninvited her from this, and they uninvited her from that. All of that flew over my, like, head completely. To me, she was always just Janet Jackson. Nothing nothing had touched her, if you will.
0: Yeah, they did mention that the Grammys, she was uninvited to come to the Grammys. But I remember that year very strongly because... Justin came and gave some half-ass apology and he's like, I'm not losing my Grammy. I just went solo. So I'm not losing the chance not to go to the Grammys. But I will say this, and, you know, if you guys are tired of hearing it, I'm sorry, but the black woman is the most unprotected person in America. Like, just treat it like shit. And she's not even the one who pulled it. It's just make of it what you will. So,
1: And, and just to give credit where credit is due, Malcolm X said that. <laughs> <laughs> we quote our sources here sometimes um
0: (laughs) yeah so it was a good watch if you haven't watched it it's on lifetime good job
1: lifetime putting in all those commercials it might have taken me longer if they hadn't relentlessly advertised it to me (laughs) (laughs) you should want to watch it it's Janet jackson all right back to the main creme brulee or whatever that's not a phrase i just made that up um (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much to all of you and our regulars who joined us on Patreon last week where we got to uh, recap one of the most legendary after parties there ever was. But then after party is apparently going to be its own thing because this week is also a lot. So you will find us uh, on Patreon recapping after party every week.
0: She's not lying. All of the tea. (laughs) With the flavored honey too. It just (laughs) gives. It's now... The show has found itself where it is a true supplement to the show. Like we just get context for things we're like, huh? Or things we didn't even know to think about, (laughs) but it's good. They have elevated their main
1: show with After Party.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if uh, they care about spoilers based on this episode. We'll talk about it. But I was like, uh, Uh mm -hmm. can we do that? (laughs) I <laughs> that, that was, that was like, what is going on?
1: <laughs> oh, so we have asked you guys to send us questions if you have them. So this week, our question of the week is, if you had to match the experts to get married at first sight to any past or current contestant, who would you match? This is fun. You guys keep sending fun questions. So,
0: Tane. Who would you match Dr. Pepper with? So I had my answer already who I was going to match her with. I was like, Dr. Pepper needs someone that's grounded, someone just even killed. And then I just kind of like Googled Dr. Pepper and found that like she's this like sex fanatic, not, not a sex <laughs> fanatic, like an nymphomaniac, but like she writes about sex. She's been curious about sex. She has seven books about sex. She said she was curious about sex since she was 15. She wrote about how she made a lover put chocolate on her chest and lick it. And I'm like, why is she not the sex therapist? Why am I just finding this out 14 seasons later? So then I changed my mind. I'm like, you know, just because someone's old doesn't mean, sorry, older, (laughs) doesn't mean (laughs) that, you know, they're not still alive and still don't have a pulse. So I decided I'm just going to match her with someone on a purely physical level, and that person would be Matt from North Carolina. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> Dr. Pepper is the shortest human ever.
1: She is like Simone Biles' height. And I you know. are gonna match her with the basketball
0: player? I know there's more context to that. It's also payback for all the mismatches that they do acting like they don't have enough information and they just throw their darts on the wall. So it's also kind of me mismatching her with someone who is so tall and her being so short and it doesn't quite make sense, but somehow you think, ah, they'll make it work and they'll compliment each other. That's why I'll put Dr. Pepper with Matt because she seems like, you know, she's, she, she she's sensible and she has a lot. Of, you know, we, we I would trust her to make better choices. I wouldn't trust Matt to make better choices. So it's an it's an ode to the show. I'm just gonna put two people together that don't make any sense, but they would have the sex in common. So that's why I chose Matt. Okay. So who do you have for Doctor Pepper?
1: I I guess I like her more than you do.
0: I don't like Doctor. Wait, 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 wait! Why do you think I don't like Doctor Pepper? <laughs> you matched her with Matt. Well, I'm not doing. I, it wasn't for romance and longevity. It was just for the sex. You don't need to like someone to have sex and have good sex with them. Just have good sex. Okay. All
1: right. Well, I matched her with Anthony from Chicago. Maybe it's because he's been on the mind because we just did that Chicago episode. Mm-hmm. But I do think, of, of personality-wise, I, I do think that Dr. Pepper and Anthony would get along quite well. Because I think I see them both as pretty boring.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see that. That's why I gave the preface. Like, that's where I was going until I did a little research on her. And apparently, I have Dr. Pepper all wrong. And she's described as a wild person because I was going to give her someone even-keeled. But apparently, she's not. She said she had sex on, on her brain since she was 15 and has been exploring ever since then.
1: You've really done your research. I did not know all this about Dr. Pepper.
0: I do neither. I just found out, so.
1: So who would you match Pastor Cal with?
0: I will match Pastor Cal with Paige. <laughs> I am matching Paige with Pastor Cal because, I mean, it was going to be a Black woman. That's just <laughs> what it was. For me and I think Pastor Kyle would want someone I think they will relate in the religious aspect. I mean, Pastor Cal. Um, and Paige is someone who knows how to have a good time. I don't think Pastor Cal is boring, I think he knows how to have fun, and I think he can be funny and he has a big personality. I don't think we got to see Paige's personality because of who she was matched with and her journey, but I think they will complement each other. Hmm. So who did you pick for Pastor Cal? Paige. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: I picked Paige because maybe my memory is faulty, but Pastor Cal, maybe because he had to. I have never. I feel like he just thought that Paige was the greatest thing on earth. He thought she was wonderful. He was just, he praised her. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen him praise anybody. I was like, maybe I felt like Pastor Cal saw himself and Chris for some reason, at least in the matchmaking progress, and he was determined to find Paige a husband, and that's why he ignored all of the red flags, because he's like, I've got to get this amazing human, someone to marry. And so I think Pastor Cal had a bit of a thing for Paige.
0: I can see that. He was very, not protective, but kind of, about her. Well, maybe he felt sorry for her. I don't know. But I know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) So who do you have for Dr. Viviana, who you have referred to in the past as a babe?
0: (laughs) I have Woody for Dr. Viviana. I think they're both fun-loving people. They can both style together and they would just have fun eating their way around places, having fun dates together, laughing together. Dr. Viviana has good energy. Woody has good energy, so I think they would be a good match for each other. You think their party energy matches up? Not necessarily party, just energy in general. Just okay. in general, yeah. So who did you give her? Okay, this is an odd choice. I would match Dr. Viviana with
1: Orion from Houston or like Orion type? Oh,
0: country? Okay. I feel like she has this energy to her, that that is her type. I can see it. I feel like her husband, from what the pictures I've seen, and Ryan from Houston would exist in the same orbit.
1: It sort of reminds me also of Chris from this season. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A particular type of dude with a particular type of beard and a particular type of body. I just, something about that. I feel like she gets kind of excited like she seemed to really like Ryan and I couldn't quite figure out why and that I just there was something about his vibe that I was like I think this is Dr. Viviana's type
0: so your your criteria was purely physical yes yes okay fair
1: do you have any bonuses? Because you actually watched the old season with the old experts. We don't need to match Dr. Jessica because she found her own. <laughs> <laughs> but is, is there any other expert from an old season who you would match with somebody?
0: Um, No, because I did go all the way back. And somehow all my finalists happened to be in the recent um, seasons. The only other alternate was for Pascal. I went back and forth between Paige and uh, Bri, Brianna. Um, And the only reason Paige edged out was the religious factor.
1: From the moment we got that question, I was like, Paige.
0: Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody from the old.
1: So talking of old people,
0: what is going on on the socials with the old people? On the socials with the old people, nothing's changed, guys. Season 13 is dominating the socials like I don't that's all they do is dominate is well is Instagram well Rachel did ask me anything and the highlights of it is she does not talk to Jose at all why because Jose does not believe in exes talking (laughs) and And even if he did believe in exes
1: talking he may not want to talk to you (laughs) why do you guys I I will say this I don't really think math's exes need to be friends they don't need to talk you entered the experiment for a husband or a wife. If you didn't get that, what more is there to talk about? <laughs> and it, I think we've mentioned this maybe a long time ago, but people usually don't become friends. Like with their exes on Married at First Sight, there's something about the process and people's expectations when it works out. Rarely, I can only think of one couple that is friends.
0: Yeah. Neil and Samantha?
1: Yes, that's the only one I can think of. Everybody else is like, there's just too much there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's something else she mentioned. I don't remember verbatim, but the way she said it made it sound like she used to be a teacher. Because I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. I wonder for some of them, like, are you still working? Because they're just jet-setting everywhere. And I'm like, math's uh, influencership doesn't pay that much. At least it takes a while to get going but she mentioned something about used to be a teacher but she did say and she prefaced it by saying i'm not throwing shade but i too sold everything which is a dig at gil except her couch her mom retired and moved to mexico so she's staying in her mom's town home rent free and she's saving for a house i was so jealous um, i hate paying rent did she <laughs> say that? because she
1: she was, like, a, an assessor or something. So she worked in schools, but she wasn't a teacher. So in the question, was she saying that she doesn't work in schools at all anymore or that she used to be a teacher and now she's, what, not unemployed? So
0: I forgot that she's not a teacher. I just thought she was a teacher. So maybe she was just referencing, like, you know, when I used to be a teacher or something. I, I can't remember, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, I saw it, but I wasn't in a place to take the note at the time. <laughs> so... I don't have how verbatim, but okay. something to that effect that made me wonder, oh, so is she unemployed or was she? did she used to be a teacher? So I asked the same question. I just didn't have the answer. <laughs> the second biggest thing is Merla did an interview with Tamara Tattles. And honestly, I listened to everything and it was long, but I'm not going to bore you with the details. I don't think it's anything that we don't really know. But the main thing is that she did have a reason. Like, I don't think Gil lived up to his promises. And I think you called it out when she he said he was saving his money in Colombia. We found out that the money to Colombia was not a savings thing. It was just him sending money. Which is
1: fine to send money, but you need to say that. Yeah. It's not savings.
0: Yeah. Um. The other thing also was like, you know, when they moved and they got like, you know, the rent and all that, their rent was due... And, you know, Merla said, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to pay? Then you then move me your half or do you want? And Gil was just like, I don't got it. And I quote. And Merla's like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> what was your plan? <laughs> when we moved into the apartment, like I was just going to get it. And I think he did an interview where he kind of implied, like, you know, she wasn't being supportive where she was like, it's not that. Like, I mean, I don't mind. Like, she didn't mind paying and he would pay it back. It's my husband. But it's just more the fact that we moved We had the whole plan. We got the rent and all kind of stuff. And you're just telling me, I don't got it. Like, what was your plan? Like, if I wasn't here, what was your plan for rent? Which I think is valid. Like, I mean, she works hard for her finances. Again, like, I know a lot of people are so hard on Merla. And she's coming up again because of Alyssa. And I think it's just insulting to even put her in the same hemisphere as Alyssa. Mm -hmm. But I just, I still stand where I stand with Merla. I still think... Gil is one of those guys that you think, oh, good guy, and you forget that, no, you're not perfect, though. Like <laughs> He's not perfect, and he doesn't have money.
1: And yeah. it's not an insult to say he doesn't have money, but you cannot go on TV making fun of how someone who has money spends their money, and then don't have money for rent, and then have the audacity to be surprised when she's like, I grew up in poverty, and I'm not going there again. And yeah. you don't have any money. Goodbye. Yeah. You don't have money for rent. That is like <laughs> the pure basics of life. And we signed yeah. a thing together to pay this rent and you don't have money for rent. That, that's a problem.
0: It is a problem. Long-term, it's not a problem. And she said she felt uncomfortable about that. And Timer did ask about the whole, that you remember that one comment where he said, I make my money every two weeks. Then she, i like, that's such a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> I knew that was nonsense when he said it. <laughs> and Merler is like, listen, I'm not gonna go back and forth on, you know, money or whatever. I know what I make, he knows what he makes, like it is what it is (laughs) and all that good stuff. But again, she brought up the same point where it's like, I make money, I save money, I save even more money even while I spend than you do. So what exactly is the problem? never got answered. And she said it just got to a point where, and when he was selling stuff, she was like, she didn't say, like, sell all your stuff and move it. It was more like, like he was just like, he seemed to be in a hurry to just get rid of all the stuff. And she's like, I mean, I didn't tell him not to because it's like, he seemed like he wanted to. And at that point, like she was feeling him, like there was not a issue, but a series of these financial things came up and she's just like, okay, what Merla did or Merla's quote unquote crime was listening to her gut. Because most women are like, oh, let me see how he plays out. Okay, he still loves me. He's still what she just listened to her gut. He showed her enough. And she's like, I'm not going to put up with this. But here's a question.
1: And I I agree with her decision. I agree with you that she listened to her gut. I was about to say, well, if she had liked him more, would the money thing be important? But I realized there's no way Merla can like anybody. Like, it's not happening. Yeah. (laughs) If you can't, like she said, she's had said from the beginning, he made a financial decision. That made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I think the financial decision was he had stuff in storage. He was, like, very in a hurry to sell it. He sold the stuff in storage. And then when she was like, where's rent money? He's like, oh, I spent all the money that I got from selling stuff on, she said, like, car upgrades and something else silly.
0: Yeah. Like, hobby toys and whatever. And it's like, okay, so you're not even putting me in consideration. So, to me, the highlight of it all was, like, she was valid she just didn't actually want to smear his name and going into the back and forth because, again, it's not going to change anything. She's still leaving. And if he he seems to have been running around doing a lot of interviews smearing her name,
1: and that's mm-hmm. why I think she was like, I have been classy for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I will tell my side.
0: And I'll tell you this. The entire interview, Merla did not smear. She answered questions. She was not rude. Like, I don't understand. You can make your point without bringing anyone down like even during the show Gil didn't know how to make a joke without bringing her down so that's on him and he's doing the most on Instagram too with his razor bumps
1: <laughs> speaking <laughs> at conferences <laughs> there's a lot okay see I mean, Houston people <laughs> are just too much for me
0: too much and for those of you who love him he does have a cameo now and for those who don't know what a cameo is is when you can get it's mostly reality stars on there but you can get them to give a shout out for a friend or for yourself really and you just tell them what you want them to say and they'll weave it into a message and you get it but Gil has one so now you can pay for him to talk to you if you want if you're into that kind of thing I'm sure
1: (laughs) those are like $25 (laughs) dollars (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was me,
0: but true. Um, <laughs> um, Virginia posted about having a depressive episode, um, which, you know, for two days, she couldn't shower, couldn't get out of bed and, you know, couldn't do anything. She tells us that, you know, she posted not for sympathy or for attention, but to show that life isn't always rainbows and sometimes you have bad days. Jacqueline from season two just had a baby she had her second kid and she met up with Jessica who's also from season two and it was cute that's a real throwback season two (laughs) she was also with one of the many Ryans we've had on the show so Ryan is the official name of maps, just like salmon is the official food of maps. and finally Jess from Jess and Austin was asked, she didn't ask me anything. A lot of it was about babies. So I was like, swipe, swipe, swipe. And someone asked her about Couple Scam. And she was like, I have literally not heard anything about this show. I don't think it's coming back. So <laughs> RIP, Couple Scam. They I took
1: their $5 and they used it to hire Keisha knight Williams.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think what might come back is after season three, which was in Atlanta, they had a show called Second Chances, which had Vanessa... Um, from Atlanta season and Dave from Atlanta season, who Dave turned out to be a fuck boy. Also, Dave liked our tweet today, so maybe I should say nice things about him. Um, they gave them second chances to date, you know, um, other people and have a second chance. But with with all of the uproar about what's going on with Chris this season, I would not be surprised if they could get anyone, although I don't know who would want to go through this again, like the Chris, <laughs> the page. And just try to see if they would like to do a second do-over. I think that might be more plausible. I think if they make it dating and not marriage, they might be open to it.
1: But. Okay. <laughs> this week I was thinking about the math spin-offs, And I was like, remember when they tried to do math's pillow talk? But, like, no one was as funny as the people on 90 Day Fiance pillow talk. <laughs> and so it was a very, very short experiment. <laughs> I'm like, what if they try that again? I was like, what if they're gonna replace Couples Camp with that? I mean,
0: it's pretty, um, maybe, but who? You will just have like Anthony's the only funny person. Maybe Beth. I don't know. Woody and Amani. I think Woody. Okay, (laughs) let's not speak it into existence. That just sounds like a lot. So, I mean, okay, we're ready for to get into the episode, but I will say this: there is this show. That breaks up, maths and maths after party. I don't know what Lifetime's thought process was. L- leave it to Geet. Leave, leave it to Geet. I don't know what it Ge, <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave it to Ge. But you know, this week it was something else. Oh, it was a uh, adults uh, adop- adopting adult adults adopting adults on A and E. So I've been watching that Secrets of Playboy. So that's heavy on rotation and ads there. But I'm not doing it to myself.
1: I don't think Leave it to Giege got a full episode order. I think no, despite the fact that I had a great lead-in and a great following, I think
0: everybody was turning off their TV. <laughs> nothing about it is compelling. Again, I if I'm not interested in a show, you gotta just use me as your litmus test. I, there must be something wrong with this. Like, <laughs> I can't even pick an angle or nothing. Because I did watch a little bit of it one time and I was like, no, I can't even, eat. <laughs> nothing about it is compelling and I'm sure they put it in between because they know we're just waiting for after party and we're just forced to, but no, oh, this is not a good move, not a good move.
1: I watched Real Housewives of Orange County in the middle. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, All but- right. onwards to this week's episode. Any opening thoughts on this week's episode?
0: Oh, this episode was good. Like, we're we're, we're, we're in a rhythm. We're in a rhythm now. I don't, you know, the only thing I will say is, like, I'm here for the drama, but I don't want the drama to be all of the time. I still want them to be falling in love, but it looks like this is just going to be drama, drama, drama. So I'm sorry. It wasn't drama, drama, drama. It was, like, drama, drama, normal, drama, drama.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's all very entertaining. Um... Yeah, so we start, we see flashbacks, and um, Pastor Cal says there's been a rocky start. We we flash back to um Lindsay and the stupid fight with Olajuwon, it, 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 and then, you know, we get to the couples who are all laying in bed, doing their little selfie cam. Olajuwon went to the gym, and Katina was, like, not down with that life. Pastor Cal says in his little thing, they've only known each other for three days, and it's important for them to look forward. We see Chris and Alyssa in their separate rooms. I mean, the audacity to call something a honeymoon when you're not even sleeping in the same room. Mm. Chris says it's not what he expected. Alyssa says it sucks waking up without the person. And you're just like, whose fault is it that you're not waking up with him? Whose fault is that? Lindsay and Mark are in bed and he tells her to stop biting him. She, she, She asks him if he wants goldfish. He doesn't. She asked him if he's ever had goldfish as cereal. He says they would get soggy. I mean, it's just a very absurd conversation. and very, very on brand for Lindsay and Mark. Mm-hmm. She says their chemistry is undeniable. I don't really see a lot of chemistry between the two of them. I think she meant sex. Oh, I know. <laughs> but why are you calling it chemistry when it was just sex? There's no, like, magic between the two of you. Still maths. Okay. She does her little interview. They ask if they've consummated. She extends it out for forever and ever and ever. So, of course, you know they have. And then she says a lady never kisses and tells. It's like, okay. Um, they're going to make pina coladas. <laughs> he says, we should explore a drink, but we should not have several in a fast period of time. Mark isn't waiting. <laughs> <laughs> But once again, it's like what her dad said. She needs someone to tell her no. He's like, okay, I got the instruction. So he says very nicely, we don't want a repeat of day one. And I'm like, is this your wife or is this your child? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says it's more that she was tired. Mm-mm. Not Mark the Shark. He said, uh, you had three bottles of wine. You enough mm-hmm. food or water. And your personality just took it. To, you know, and she's like, oh, for his sake, she doesn't want to do that. And I'm like, okay, not for your own personal interest. Do you not want to be a drunken fool just for him?
0: Well, this floored me. I don't know about you, but the three bottles of wine, I was like, how, where? It was from the hotel to the airline to the honeymoon. Where did she down three bottles of wine? I don't know. Because she already seemed like she was belligerent on the flight. Mm-hmm. So was it before the flight that she took three bottles of wine? So that's a lot that was concerning to me. And also, this conversation, I literally wrote down, they are not staying together.
1: I I told you that I think he's going to stick it out for at least six weeks. We'll see if my opinion changes. Um, but I also am very concerned. These maths people have brought on a lot of people. But I'm like... Is she an alcoholic? I don't know. That would be true malpractice if they brought someone with a drinking problem on the show.
0: But how would they be able to tell, though? Like, we can't even blame them for that. Like, um, you're going to ask an alcoholic, are you an alcoholic? Do you have problems? Do you abuse alcohol? Someone could make an easy joke like, oh, the pandemic, I just drank a little more. Ha ha. There's no way for them to know that. But I do know when the whole fight happened and she was crying, she did look drunk. Her eyes seemed all glazed over. She got drunk on the wedding. <laughs> and then now you're telling me three bottles of wine. I promise you, I sat there counting. Okay, they woke up and they just went to the airport. Then they flew to Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. And Where it was still daytime. Three when they landed. bottles of wine. <laughs>
1: well, um, I don't. See, this is what happens when you don't drink. The three bottles went over my head. If I'm. <laughs> It over my head because I'm like, I never know what an appropriate amount of drinking a person should do. I but you're right, three bottles, I should know that's too much.
0: No, I think that's a lot for the daytime. I mean, it was morning, so I don't know.
1: Um, We switch to Michael and Jasmina, and he's bringing her breakfast in bed. They have a discussion about coffee. He says he'll try to get her to drink coffee his way, and she just gives him a look like, no. Um, She... He says he'll learn her coffee order, which is caramel iced coffee with cream and sugar. Honestly, that sounds gross, but okay. Um, <gasps> what? Are you a coffee drinker? More than Yeah. I mean, I, every now and then. No.
0: Okay. Because that doesn't sound gross at all.
1: <laughs> I think it's the iced part. I like hot drinks more than cold drinks. Then I'm like, all that sugar and the caramel and the cold, ew. He asked how she slept, and then she asked how he slept, and he said he was up thinking a lot. You know, we had that little argument. It wasn't that big. It was a little tiff. He said, since the wedding, there's been some kind of distance between them. And he asked if he's one-sided in thinking that. And she says, yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was interesting. I'm like, this is a replay of the Olajuwon and Katina conversation, but these are two different people.
0: I don't know if these people have a different calendar than we do because I really want to find what day we're on because I'm like, distance? (laughs) <laughs> you it's just day met three. oh my god it's day three i don't understand these distance
1: conversations like mm-hmm. even if it had been a week i think i would be more forgiving like you've been on honeymoon together. you're
0: just mad just like yeah. try to get to know each other i don't think these mass couples and not just this season know what a honeymoon is for This is where you lie to yourself. Like, it's not reality. Enjoy everything about it. Don't overthink it. You just got married. You can't know someone in two days. Just relax. But I find that they never do. Michael can't relax about anything. (laughs) He starts
1: talking about how he would have liked them to make more progress on their connection. And he's not very talkative. So he's worried about not putting 100%. And Jasmina, in an interview, is like, he's thinking too hard about this. And... Then they go back to them, and she says to him that she can't get out of her head what his sister said about thinking the worst. And he just he just talks about how, just so much thinking. I don't want to screw this up. I want you to know I'm serious. I want this to work. I don't want to ruin it. And she just tells him, you're going to ruin it by overthinking.
0: Do we know or have we ever seen Michael smile? I just... Later on, he's going to say, I'm a happy person. And I'm like, what are you talking You are. He <laughs> just always seems so forlorn. Like, oh.
1: oh. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> then we have our true Debbie Downers, Alyssa and Chris. Mm-hmm. More talk about how she hopes she'd be spending the morning with her husband. And sh- she hopes she and Chris can figure out where this is going to take them nowhere (laughs) you're saying you're going nowhere and then she says she keeps wondering why this happened to her like why her Mm -mm. she truly treats this man like he is COVID-19 I was gonna say the plague but (laughs) I I replaced it that has just descended upon her and I'm like what did this man do to you nothing you psycho
0: yeah like, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like she woke up and decided Chris was born into this world and he made it his life mission to make her life miserable.
1: <laughs> Chris, despite spending, like, five minutes of his life with this nutcase, I need to stop calling her names. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, says, he says that he thinks that Alyssa, like, she confuses disagreement with disrespect. Um, he doesn't think she's gotten the full picture of him and he hasn't given up hope. He thinks there's a chance. And that's when you just want to pat him on the head and be like,
0: buddy, <laughs> friend, <laughs> there's no chance. That's my issue with Chris. Like, she doesn't have to have all the power. Like, she'll be so shook if Chris is like, I'm not going to be treated like this, I'm out. But he keeps saying you want a chance. Have you seen what you're up up against? No.
1: I, I, I know he says he wants a chance, but I'm trying to, like see how they might be thinking. They have to go on this honeymoon. They're contract contractually obligated to participate in the show. And for
0: that, that means we have to go on a honeymoon. Um, th- I'm sorry. I always refer back to Derek and Molly, uh, not Molly. I forget her name. She said, I'm out. I said, I didn't want to smoke her. He smoked a cigarette and she left during the honeymoon. <laughs> and they probably changed the contract because of her. Well, Chris <laughs> went true. to Chicago.
1: He went on the honeymoon though. After he didn't go to Chicago till after the honeymoon. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying from Chris's perspective, Chris of this time, I'm already here. I have to be here. I have to film. I have to film with her. Let me just at least try.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would if I were him, I think I would just phrase it like, I'm just here to have a good time. But for him to keep wondering, asking, are you all in? Is there one percent? Is there it really irritates me? Like just She's giving you your answer. Take it. Okay. So
1: Steve and Noi. Noi asks if Steve feels rested. He's like, get over here, wifey. They're so cute. Noi tells us that they connected right away and it doesn't feel strange. They're still getting to know each other. They feel comfortable. He says something about no tongue action without brushing teeth. Noi says we didn't have sex, but she wouldn't be surprised if that happened sooner than later. Take note. Um, They eat breakfast, and then they have a classic conversation. Um, She says, I hope we go to the ocean. And he says, yeah, I love finding a campground by the ocean. And they play some clown music. And she's like, I don't like to camp. I don't like being out on a campground. And he asks, what aspects of camping does she not like? And she's like, I like having a shower and a bathroom. And Steve says they have those at campgrounds and she says it's not the same thing.
0: Honestly, good on her. I was like, <laughs> good on Noy for being honest. Like, just camping doesn't sound appealing to me either. Um, I live by certain
1: words, you know. And uh, there's an episode of Oprah that is legend in my mind where Oprah and Gail go camping. The whole trip, actually, the whole episode is just amazing. But it ends with Oprah saying... Black people don't like to pretend we're homeless on the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, (laughs) if if anybody ever asks me why I don't like camping, thank you, Oprah, for giving me my standard answer. (laughs) But Steve says that it's a big part of who he is and something he's always wanted to share with his wife. And he says <laughs> they should still camp on the ocean one day. And she says as long as it's inside, <laughs> which is the opposite of camping. Oh, okay, so let's let's review Stephen Noy's major conflict right now. Camping. Compared to the other couples, they're looking like roses.
0: Yeah, they don't have any issues.
1: <laughs> Next
0: up is Katina and
1: Olajuwon. I hate to do this, but Olajuwon annoys the shit out of me every time he's on my screen. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, he starts talking and I'm tired. <laughs> He's effusive about Katina waking up and smiling at him. They have a conversation about cuddling. He asks for an assessment. She says it's bad. He She calls him a work in progress. They just practice a little big spoon, little spoon action. Then she says he sweats so much and that we can't cuddle until he figures out the sweating thing.
0: Before before (laughs) she said the sweating thing, I was just like, how do you suck at cuddling? Like, (laughs) do you just not hold, find your nook and just kind of like cradle? Like, what is the horrible thing that he's doing that makes like it's not like he's bad at cuddling. They make it such a big deal. They've talked about it every single episode, how he sucks at cuddling. And I was like, how bad can you be? at cuddling is this like a metaphor for like him not being close to anyone and not allowing himself to be emotionally intimate like I just didn't understand how you suck at cuddling I agree I am I'm quite confused but I do think
1: it is a metaphor like I'm like if you're this old and you don't know how to cu- cuddle is it like you've just been pushing people out of your bed like what is, <laughs> get out <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wham bam thank you ma'am.
1: Katina in her interviews is one of the most underhandedly funny people that we've ever had on the show. Because she says that he needs to go to the doctor and get some botox to stop the sweating and she cannot wake up to a soaked left side of the bed. She tells us that, not him that. Yeah. <laughs> and we know Katina's funny even, you know, unintentionally. Because last week we named her show after her. (laughs) She isn't even (laughs) Next up is back to Lindsay and Mark. Mark says that he hasn't had a boring day with Lindsay yet. He doesn't know if it would be incredible or if it would be boring. He didn't say it like a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) But then I was like, Mark, just say it. You do want some boredom. You want a day of peace. You don't, you know, it's been three days of a lot. You just want a day of peace. Um, so then they have the lime and the coconut, um, and they make drinks and she does a whole brain freeze drama. Um, he makes a pina colada and then she said she has to class him up a bit. I don't really understand what she meant by that. (laughs) Mark is very proud of his pina colada. I feel like he made it without instruction and he says he should have been a bartender and she says she doesn't date bartenders. (laughs) So they have a discussion about their previous relationship. She says she's dated a lot of engineers and they were all cheaters, liars, and stealers. Mm, a stealer's award? Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, there's that whole thing. Like, if there's a pattern, it might be you. <laughs> Why are you attracting these terrible people, Lindsay? Um, Mark says that he has an ex with a drinking problem. I'm like, I think you might have a wife
0: with a drinking problem, too. Well, I was like, do you think that it was just a coincidence that, that do you think that it was just a coincidence? Or was it like some kind of subliminal message to Lindsay? Like, <laughs> I'm not doing this again.
1: <laughs> the strangest one about his exes was he's like one person he dated a year ago, her ex left her because she was pregnant, and he almost seems to start crying. And he's like, I just can't wrap my head around someone treating someone so badly. And I was like, the whole time, I'm like, So what happened to the kid? um i
0: didn't even understand he said he said the story and i'm like uh i'm confused like where she did you find out she was pregnant when she was dating you or this was a story she told you why are you so emotional about it and then i was like what does that got to do with anything
1: i think Lindsay, like you know Lindsay has some some interesting instincts and one that I think is on point is what she says later, like right after this, she's like, "I think you're a people pleaser, and you don't really put yourself first, and you like want to take care of people who have been wronged or harmed." I-, I think that's what it was. Like, he was like the the rebound who was supposed to save her from her negativity or whatever, and then I guess it didn't work out.
0: Yeah, he he was pre- he's pretty self aware with what he said, also
1: yeah so Lindsay in an interview basically says like I don't want him to be that for me Uh, and he says that she's processing a lot and she agrees she says she's trying to figure him out
0: yeah the self-awareness part was him saying that he feels like women date all these bad guys and then they meet him and he's stable and then they just look to him to solve it all but then you realize that just being with a good guy doesn't mean he's a good guy for you yeah that's a sad dating history. I think because I like Mark. I'm like, I want more for you, Mark.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Steven Noy on a picnic. Um, I guess she had told him that she doesn't do well with the dairy and he remembered. So he asked her, like, are you going to stay away from the dairy? And she's like, let's wait until we're married a little longer. <laughs> Steve does a positive summary of their time so far. They have a whole conversation about him having... Um, he needs to poop and what his face looked like and she asked him a question and there was there was it was kind of a long poop conversation as in it was long by actually existing um she she's never dated anyone where she felt this connected this early on and in the interview she's like i feel like i'm falling in love she just thinks it's happening and then right after that the producer or whatever is like okay i'm good i got what i needed and she's like where is steve And um, Steve is, like, off to the side, So she goes and sits down and talks to him and said, you know, they were asking me a bunch of questions. And one of the questions was, do you feel like you're falling in love? And she says she feels like it's slowly happening. And he's, like, he's just stunned and he doesn't know what to say. So he's, like, that's nice. He's, like, okay. (laughs) That's nice to hear. I think we agreed that we have strong feelings.
0: I think that was strange
1: <laughs> i think if someone says i'm falling in love with you after three days your mind might like your head might spin a
0: little everything about the whole where is he i have to go tell him now what does Noi think she's 15 and in a little rom-com
1: i thought it was just, interesting that when she was doing the interview her distance from him was not far so i'm like does she think he already heard her say it and now she wants to like go say it to him directly
0: no, because if it was that close, she wouldn't say, where is he? Okay. So, I don't know. It was just weird. Just keep it to yourself, man. <laughs> it's three days. Don't be <laughs> creepy. I do want to say that Stephen and Neuer are cute. Don't get me wrong, but I do low-key think they're boring.
1: Mm, if you're going to, I mean, it's okay that they're boring when they have all this
0: going on with other couples. Mm.
1: They can slide under, you know, the radar for now.
0: But you know that feeling when any couple comes on your screen? Like when Alyssa and Chris comes, you have a feeling. When Stephen Noy come, I'm like, oh. Because I've seen all the cuteness. I'm like, okay, so what now? When Lindsay come on, you're like, you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> so with Stephen Noy, it's more like, oh, okay, all right. Let's see what. So, yeah, that's all. All right, guys.
1: We'll be right back. And we're back.
0: Okay. So we see Olajuwon and Katina go to the gym because they're trying to share something that he likes. Olajuwon was being really intense and telling her that, you know, this is his element. She needs to take it seriously. Wipe the smile off your face. And at some point, he tells her, like, in some exercise, like, if you drop the weight, I'm taking the ring off. Okay. (laughs) You didn't even buy it or pay for it. So... Katina's is like, uh, where is all this coming from? Well, to us. So he basically is criticizing everything that she does and then tells her that, you know, she needs to be more serious. And, you know, and he's basically like yelling at her like she's at boot camp. That's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> so <laughs> I was so annoyed because Elijah wanted to the shit out of me.
1: <laughs> and I also am just obsessed with the idea that he is this athlete thing is like a regression or something. And, like, he's, like, channeling his high school football coach in this training session.
0: Let's just make it college to keep it in tr- on track with what you said. He All he knows how to do is channel his college days. <laughs> <laughs> so, at some point, Katina's like, uh, I don't like this. And he responds with, working out is not about what you like. And Katina says, okay, he has a big personality. And if she dated someone like that in her 20s, she would have cried. But she's a bad bitch now. This is me adding that extra. Ad lib, so she's not going to. So, anyways, they get to some point and she's like, I don't like this. I don't want to do it. And then they just kind of cut off on that and move on to Chris and Alyssa. So, Chris tells us that it's apparent that the more he tries or the more he pushes, the more Alyssa resists. So, he's coming up with an experience that they can share. Alyssa shows up in a seemingly good mood and has the audacity to say that despite everything that happened, she's trying to be the bigger person. I don't know big person about what, but we'll go with it. And they don't have to have drama or negativity. Two things that she possesses and brings to the table. So She's go, like,
1: <laughs> I, I true, you said it last week, and I really saw it this week. Alyssa is not experiencing the world the rest of the way of us are. No. And they can say, oh, it's a TV show, they edited, but no, 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 no. This is someone who feels she has been deeply
0: wronged. Yes. And maybe
1: it's the experts that she feels she's been deeply wronged by, but somehow she thinks she's a victim.
0: We got a couple of them on the show this season, so I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Just, we know how many people apply for this show, so the fact that you had to just dwindle it down to six and you pick certain people that by episode one we can see what the issue is and... Okay. So they go paddle boarding. We see Chris fall multiple times. And, you know, this gets Alyssa laughing. So this is good. Chris is in pain. So Chris Chris says today is good. We're in a comfortable place. And she's genuinely a fun, loving person to be around. This is... Chris irritates me. (laughs) Like, why are you working so hard to be in the good graces of someone who is awful to you? This is not Stockholm Syndrome. Like, what are you doing? Anyways. So they said. But remember,
1: and they—they will make it very clear. He's not. This is not an audience of one. (laughs) As Ryan from last year told me, from the word go, you are worried about what you will look like on TV. I'm sure Chris hates Alyssa's ass, but he's like, hold on, I am not going to look like the asshole here. Whatever I do, I'm not going to look like the asshole.
0: We can tell by the weird laughs he gives in the confessional. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So they sit on the benches or in chairs, and Chris says he doesn't think he did a great job of getting her to understand, that he thinks that she's a good person. Alyssa says, oh, I appreciate that. And no matter the way we feel, note that she said we, the experts just didn't do this right. And that's what I'm upset about. (laughs) I mean... Can we give her kudos for at least saying what we usually think? No one ever seems to be mad at the experts. That is true. She's putting blame where it kind of should be put. <laughs> she says that she went to go see a psychic. And Chris just reflexed. He laughs. <laughs> That's why <what laughs> he I saves do. it for the confessional, but he laughed at her face and asked, like, okay, was this like a ha, let's see what happens, or like for real, for real. <laughs> And it would appear that Alyssa makes life choices based on psychics because she says the psychic touched on specific things like features, looks, you know, all the things that are the most important things for a marriage. (laughs) And um, she said the psychic told her that they feel very strongly that she's going to meet her soulmate. I'm so glad Chris asked this question. She's like, what did the psychic say he would look like? (laughs) (laughs) Alyssa said, that he had very pretty eyes and he has an eagle tattoo. Someone tweeted that they would have damn near fell out if Chris <laughs> just said, oh, I have an eagle tattoo. <laughs>
1: That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for him to be like, oh, I have an eagle tattoo right here. Instead, uh, so he just looks at her like, you really are crazy. I'm supposed to stop calling her that. <laughs>
0: If anyone watched the matchmaking special, can you tell tell us if any of the people who applied had an eagle tattoo? Like, can the experts confirm that, you know, Chris wasn't Alyssa's original match? Because, you know, I mean, After Party is going to, you know, clear all this up for us. But at this time, we're just going by what Miss Alyssa says. So Chris tells us that, you know, the confessional, her method is up to her, but he doesn't subscribe to it. Then we see Michael and Jasmina go into the pool and Jasmina's telling us how she's questioning Mike about his comment earlier and about, you know, the sooner they have a bond the better. Jasmina asked Michael if what his sister said that, you know, the ne- his negativity was a problem in his last relationship and if it was why it ended. Michael said he has been single for a while and part of the reason is he thinks he thinks they ended is he was not putting 100% effort into all these relationships. He says that was part of the reason he was overthinking it. Um, he doesn't want to make that mistake again. He says that he's trying to make sure that the person he's with knows that he's putting his all. So if there is a time he feels they think that he's not, it makes him nervous. So Jasmina asked him, what made you become this overthinker? And then he tells her that he has had a lot of loss in his past. His brother died right in front of him. And that was the first time that he experienced death. And then he starts listing what would be like a grocery list for people. This is Michael's family members that he has lost. And he says it just makes him think that bad things will always happen. Jasmina says she understands that there are two ways it could go. That some would think like because of the loss, they would live life to the fullest. But she understands and michael interjects by saying don't get me wrong though i am a happy person <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know good on him that he thinks that he is i mean this man always does not his aura is not happy is i'm there, not judging there, you guys that's a lot of loss it's a I lot of loss the litany
1: of loss was just heartbreaking Ooh. i think it's it's hard for for me because i haven't had a lot of loss or really any at all in my life mm-hmm. and so when i hear people like list all the people like your brother dying in front of you when you're that young i yeah. just my heart it's like broken like people really shouldn't have to ex- experience that it's not right
0: yeah it, d- i feel like i do this every season but i guess if you if they listen to me no one would be on the show but I did see someone say it say it on Twitter, and I agree with it. It's like, that's just a lot you need to work through. <laughs> but it's, I, I, I agree up to a point, but
1: I'm like, what working are you supposed to do? Like, no matter what, if you go through all that loss, and you're still willing to come on a show and get married, marry a stranger, like, I have respect for you. And I that's... also don't, so far, I don't think... I don't, I don't know how you separate, like, all the things you go through in life make you who you are, and then what you said. If, if we start disqualifying people on their traumas, there'll be nobody left because everybody has them.
0: That is true. But let me tell you, everybody on this earth has trauma, but there's levels to the trauma. And for me, the added layer is not just marrying a stranger. It's like it's a TV show. So for someone who's working through that, all we heard in his intro package is, I don't trust people. I will always find something wrong. I don't know how to commit. I'm just figuring this out two weeks before marriage. What on earth? <laughs> Screams. Me, me, pick me. I'm a, I'm ready for marriage. It's not a game. So that's the part where I'm like, there's traumas, yes, but there's like levels. And, and it just he doesn't seem like he's worked through it. You're going to bring someone on a show that always thinks the worst is going to happen. He's already thought about the divorce as more likely than it working out. Because again, you just become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So anyways, he says that he thinks that he's a happy person and it's just a coping mechanism. He just tends to think the worst. So if the worst happens, I am not as hurt by it, which is a lie. Like I don't I know people like to say that. Listen, I'm a pessimist, so I know. But you anticipating something doesn't determine how much is going to hurt or not. And like I said earlier, you just play a part in fulfilling that prophecy so you can go, "Well, you see, this always happens." Also, can you be a pessimist and a happy person? I don't know. That's beyond <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> so but Michael could, says- this is, like, way too much. I think you can be a happy person and not necessarily present that way. Uh, There's a difference between, like, happy and outgoing and joyful and generally positive. Those are all different things.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't have enough time. No, no, not enough time. No, we don't have enough-
1: like. I'm trying to give Mike an excuse for saying he's a happy person. We're just like, you are? But I think we're confusing, like, being content and okay with yourself on the inside, which is usually what a happy person is, with being, like, smiling every now and then. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but I think it's kind of like what you put in is what you see out is, like, I think he thinks he's a happy person, but not necessarily. You can't say I'm a happy person, but I think... I just tend to think the worst. Um, So, anyways. Michael says that he's learned to be a lone wolf. He just processes things on his own and goes through it on his own, and after years... It just becomes who you are. But doesn't he have a gazillion sisters? Yeah, that he's close to. Yeah. So why are you a lone wolf? I don't, and they seem to love him. What is it? I'm like this toxic
1: masculinity. Why can't you say <laughs> I talk to people about my problems, whether so? it's your sisters, your best friend? Why do men not have anybody to talk to? Why are they running around
0: saying I'm a lone wolf? And then they'll you don't understand what it's like to be a man. You just can't talk to anyone. We're ready. You just don't want to. <laughs> Anyways, So <laughs> he asks Jasmina if his overthinking makes her nervous. And she says, yes, it does. Because she doesn't think it's a good thing, especially in relationships. He doesn't get, like, because of that, he doesn't get to be in the moment with her. And it takes him away from the good things happening and instead has him focusing on when is the bad going to come, and that is ultimately going to hold them back. Jasmina and Michael do not give me good vibes. I see them, and I get tense.
1: Yeah, especially this episode. I just was like, why can't they go do something fun? Everybody else is doing things. These two are just sitting there talking to each
0: other about depressing shit. They're like, and we're going to talk about it in in a... upcoming scene but they're like a study session I tell you one how you feel about that oh I feel okay are you sure you're okay then we go round and round in circles and it's kind of like guys it's day three go into the water (laughs) (laughs) well they were in the water during the pool anyways all I want tells us that you know oh sorry they're all in the bus again and I see the bus and I get triggered and I'm like uh 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 oh and it's all of them this time Mr. and Mrs. Mark the Shark are in there. Olajuwon tells us that he told the group that he didn't need an apology from Lindsay and they flashback to that, but that Lindsay sent a DM apologizing so he isn't going to dwell on it because she's not important to my marriage. I'm going to let Mark deal with that. That's (laughs) his problem. (laughs) So Dr. Pepper tells us that, you know, they got them all going on a catamaran and the consummate question comes up almost immediately from Olajuwon. Didn't I and, say a larger one is the mayor this season? He is. He is. <laughs> he is. And Lindsay laughs, and they all say the laugh says it all. Like she's trying to play coy, like Ooh, I don't kiss. Like you're you're basically saying yes without saying yes. So um Michael starts talking about how they haven't, and then Jasmina says that she wants an emotional connection first. Steve says that he's open to whatever. And she has asked that they keep it between them, whatever happens. And I'm like, given that she fell in love with him before they met, I'll say it's a yes.
1: At this point, I noticed that Steve has a lion tattoo. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. He has a lion tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) That will become very important on After Party.
0: Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) So Chris cracks a joke saying he's pretty sure everyone has figured out that they haven't had sex. I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my God. Is she going to say he's disrespecting her again? But she actually laughs. laughs, And I'm like, whew. But I find that she's looser around the group because who she thinks is sent to destroy her life is not, like, the sole focus. So, and she actually wants, like, the girls to like her. I especially think that she worships Katina. So, she's like, ha, 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 but I don't know what she really thinks so then the guys and the girls separate the guys are on shore and the girls are on the boat Noy says like you know it was telling the girls that you know they get along well she and steve and she feels that she's slowly falling in love with him and that she told him and he didn't say it back i'm like yeah crazy because it's three days <laughs> and steve tells the guys that listen i got hit with a hard one and it scares him because they asked are you scared by it it was like yeah we just met a few days ago he said she's glad she said it, but he's just not there yet, which is fair. Then Michael asked, like, how do you find the balance between going with the flow and the pressure of everything else and, you know, bonding? And Steve tells him, like, whenever you think that you're moving forward, just take a step back, because that means that you are the one that's creating something. I think that that was wise. The guys talk was
1: very useful. <laughs>
0: So then, Olajuwon. Listen, I don't. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. Because all of the ingredients are there. But I don't hate Olajuwon the way the world seems to hate him. <laughs> I know I should. I just always want to just pat his head, like, "Oh, sweet boy," like just uh, relax. But Olajuwon now reveals that he pushed Katina at the gym on purpose to make her speak up because he doesn't want a yes lady. And she did, and he loved the honesty. I'm like, how can I stand up for you when you do shit like this? Mm-hmm. When you <laughs> engage in psychological warfare unnecessarily. Uh, what was the just... point of that after three days? It's the Nigerian blood in him, man. <laughs> 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 he's very immature. I think that's part of it. Like, yeah. Alyssa tells the girls that, you know, she and and... Chris are at a good place uh, and they will move forward and Lindsay asks, oh, are you going to move in together? And then I don't know why everybody gives her a strange look and she's like, oh, sorry. I mean, I was just wondering because I didn't think it was a rude or a bad question. It's valid. But Lindsay's like, um, can we move on to something else? And they move on.
1: Yeah, Alyssa's like,
0: let's move on. And gives her an <laughs> evil stare. <laughs> and then plus, you know, we now know that she doesn't like Lindsay. So, like if anyone's gonna ask me, don't you don't ask me. So Lindsay says that like, she and Mark are peas and carrots, and he's her perfect match, and they balance each other well. And I thought of you and your comment on the opposite praise. It's too much. <laughs> too much. She said, and she's honest, I would never have picked him up at a bar, but I love him. But I wouldn't tell him because Noah is all. Ah. You know i'm not i get weird when people have that oh thing i don't know how to react <laughs> when that happens it's just like a foreign noise to me and the worst is like <laughs> like when i had my engagement ring everyone's was like let me see it ah oh, it's very okay. it makes me uncomfortable so noise and i am like very, wait did i do that no you didn't you would <laughs> never you would never because <laughs> everyone was like let me, mm-mm. so noise all doing the oh like, did you tell him or you loved him, blah, blah I might have closed my eyes, I don't know She's like, of course I'm not going to tell him She's like, no way. I was like a regular person And I kept it to myself Mark, on the other hand, says that, you know The wedding was a lot And it was things he didn't like that her friend said That, you know, things like he has to reel her in That he can do that once, twice But at some point she has to stop He can't keep doing that the entire relationship A larger one asks if her energy will tire him out and he says, it's a lot for him. Steve says, well, um, it sounds like this is a deal breaker. And he says, it is difficult for him when she does it. And I'm like, dude, so why did you sleep with her? Oh, uh, it's the eternal question in maths. Mm-mm. So, Noi, um said that, you know, she's glad that Lindsay came back and, you know, they're all together. And Lindsay, never knowing how to read a room or a catamaran, <laughs> said, you know, it was me. I just needed some time. I was triggered. Oh. I was in a relationship where, you know, he lost his mind after drinking and I was brought back to that place. And it's just her thing that she had to deal with. I'm like, hmm, considering you were the one that lost their mind after drinking, Katina already just laid herself on the ground on the, ground <laughs> <of> the boat. <laughs> Like, I can't take this. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> She's like, I cannot. She didn't say it out loud, but that was basically her body language. And then she says, you know, you brought yourself to that place, right? <laughs> Lindsay says, first of all, you do not start a combo with the first of all. There are three sides to the truth. Yours, mine, and the truth. She's like, oh, and I had a conversation last night. Katina says, yours, mine, and the truth, or your perception versus the truth. And Katina says, uh, you need to calm down and walks away from Lindsay. She said she needs to calm down and walks away from Lindsay. Katina says that, you know, she tells the rest of the girls that she and Olajuwon had a conversation saying that she shouldn't say anything, but she can't sit here and listen to these lies. And I don't blame her. Like, it's kind of hard to just keep your cool and take the high road when someone is just blatantly playing victim. She walks away and Alyssa follows her and she would do that one more time also. And Alyssa is telling her, like, you know, she's not worth it. Don't get angry. So Katina tells us that she was not anticipating this drama. And she wants to take Olajuwon's advice. But she's going to move with how she handles situations. So she comes back and says, I know you spoke to my husband. But I am not like him. I would deal with you. <laughs> she didn't get up Katina says, when you say you are triggered, I don't care what happened to you when you were two, three, four years old, you were 35 years old, seek the help you need. And when you get liquor in your system, don't pass that on to other people. You are way too old for that. I got to tell you, Aid, I did think that was rude. But where was the lie? There was no lie. But you cannot tell someone that I don't care what happened to you when you were two, three or four years old, you're 35 years old, seek help. If you are going to run
1: over, this is, I I had no sympathy for Lindsay, not even a little bit, because we've already agreed to move on. So, and you, and then you failed miserably at taking responsibility. If you had just said, I behaved badly yesterday, Katina would not have gone off on you, but you had to start talking about, I was triggered, my relationship in the past. Meanwhile, Katina's like, was I there? Was Elijah one there in your relationship in the past? Then why are we having to deal with
0: it? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Lindsay was saying that it was her thing to work through, but I see it. So, Katina continues. She's not done. She's like, secondly, maybe he wouldn't have had the reaction if he didn't keep jabbing. Again, context that was given to us on After Party. All this was not on the show. You are like five years old saying like, I'm not touching, not touching. Then when you actually get a reaction, you play victim. So you know what? You are manipulative. At this point, Jasmina is staring at her toes.
1: <laughs> Jasmina's <laughs> like, I don't want no part of this. I am not part of this. How do I get out of here?
0: <laughs> Noise making faces like, ooh, ooh ah, ooh. <laughs> <ee."> <laughs> At the back. And Lindsay's like, that's really rude. Katina said, I don't really care if it's rude or not. I'm just telling you because you're rude. <laughs> so I think you have kindness in you, but you do a lot of sneaky, weird stuff on the side. And then Lindsay said she guesses when the when it, when the show comes out or something like that, she'll get to see the real her. And Katina is like, girl, I don't care about no show. I'm living in the moment.
1: <laughs> I actually think that was a misunderstanding. I think Lindsay was just saying, I will show you the real me going forward. I think so, and somehow Katina was like, we're on a TV show, and she just took that wrong.
0: All she heard was show. She was she was hot. <laughs> she's like, I will show this boom mic on, on my way out. <laughs> but Lindsay really is fine because she's like, opinions are like assholes, and everyone thinks theirs don't sink. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Alyssa once again follows Katina out the boat, and Lindsay says, that was rude. And this is as we get a glimpse of the cameraman. This is my rule. And think back to Henry and Christina. If we see a producer, if we see a cameraman, you know shit has gone down. <laughs> Things are not working <laughs> as they're supposed to, or are they? <laughs> it,
1: it seems like this that remind me that for me, maths is comedy. Oh man, it is it is absolutely hilarious to watch human beings in these very strange situations. <laughs> Katina is. Wandering around the bottom of the boat, Alyssa is there. And she tells Alyssa, I'm not here to make friends. And I was like, you've arrived in reality TV. That's a classic line. (laughs) So the other, Noi, Jasmina, and um, Lindsay are still sitting there. Honestly, where they were sitting looked so uncomfortable and so unbalanced. Um, And Lindsay tries to say she was triggered again. And Jasmina so kindly is like, Mm -hmm. you could have stopped, but you didn't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she says, I love you. You always check on me, but others think it's too much. Some people can take you being on hundred; others cannot. She says you're not a bad person, and she doesn't want you to think you're a bad person. Um, And this is Jasmina talking, which I find it interesting. And I think we picked up on this pretty early. Even as Jasmina and Katina are telling Lindsay about herself one very nicely and one not so much mm-hmm. they do make sure to put in there you have good inside of you like I don't know if I, I don't want to put words in their mouth but it's almost like they're saying like we like parts of you but there are other parts that are just like I like how she said weird
0: manipulative things to the side <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's I, I think it's really interesting that even when they're like seeing her act out they still like something about her
0: Yeah, because I mean, I think you can tell at her core, even with how she responds to, you know, Mark telling her about the mom and just being caring. She has that in her. But that other side is overshadowing all of that, that it becomes like that is who she is and it overshadows the other parts of her that are good.
1: Lindsay tries to tell, you know, in her little interview, she's like, Katina invalidated her experience and it's unfair and being vulnerable and is a sign of strength and awareness and courage. And I was like, pick your audience. (laughs) The people who you wronged are not the ones that you should look to to receive your vulnerableness.
0: But it goes back to Lindsay. The one thing I do agree with Katina, I do think Lindsay is, is operating with her inner child. Lindsay is a child. She, all she does is to say, look what I can do. Applaud me. So she thinks me talking about the relationship was going to garner her some kind of sympathy. And again, people fawning over her. Like every single thing is for attention. Like at some point, reel it in. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not obligated to accommodate that.
1: They're, they're, it's not their obligation.
0: Mm-mm. Maybe so- Mark's, but not <laughs> theirs. <laughs>
1: So now they're on the boat, it took me a little while to figure this out, but everybody's together and then Mark and Lindsay are in a different part of the boat. And Lindsay is trying to like, I felt like she was trying to get some sympathy from Mark and he just wasn't having it. Mm -hmm. She's like, I was upset at the way she talked to me. And Mark is like, I just need us to walk away (laughs) from these things. And Mark says that she wants to get her point across, but that her points start a fiasco of things. This is the moment where I notice that they are both wearing pink and yellow. Mm-hmm. And Mark says, let it go. Don't worry about it. And they go join everybody else to play Never Have I Ever. Max, you cannot do this anymore. You literally had people playing Never Had I Ever on a boat ride last season. You've got to get more creative. Hmm. Come up with a new game. Um. So the first one is you, have you traveled outside of like the U.S. and Canada? And um, Mike told us that he hadn't been anywhere, but he put his finger down for that. And I was like, have you been to Haiti and you don't count it? Because that's
0: like the motherland. (laughs) I
1: I just, I thought, I was like, but Mike, you told us you haven't
0: been anywhere. I mean, he Uh, also told us that he was a lone wolf, but he has many sisters. So I don't (laughs) know. And he's happy. (laughs) Another question is, have you been arrested?
1: And we found out that Jasmina has. She she got into a fight in high school. Everybody congratulates her on winning the fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> they Noy does skinny dipping, and then Jasmina jokingly calls them sluts. Um, <laughs> and then Katina does cheating. Same question as last year. Um, Steve puts his finger down. Noi notices it, and she says she would have liked to learn that info about her husband somewhere else. Later on, we find out that she put her finger down, too, so I didn't really understand that.
0: I think the key, the thing for me was people being surprised that people haven't cheated. Is that where we are now (laughs) in life? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Like, you've never? Like, never cheated on anybody? I'm like, uh, okay. (laughs) So,
1: (laughs) then they talk about threesomes. A larger one is like, of course. Then they need a final question, and they appear to be struggling to get a final question. But one is there to save the day. one is like, has anyone ever slept with someone from the same family, cousins, mother, sister? Um... And I was just like, Elijah Juan, you are dying to tell these people this story. You know how you're with a group of people and you just really want to tell a story. And you're like, how can I get the conversation to where I
0: want it to go so I can tell my story? The thing that made it obnoxious was the lead up to him saying it. Because like you said, they were struggling for a question. He's like, who has a good question? Mark, you go. You go. They didn't have one. Steve, come on. And he was like, come on, you guys. Time's running out. Time's running out. I'm like... Why didn't you just from jump just say your story that you were obviously (laughs) dying to say? You made like a whole show about it. (laughs) Like you were giving other people a chance. Oh, so everyone is just
1: so he's he tells him he slept with a mother and a daughter. And everyone agrees that it's weird and disgusting. And everybody's just giving him side eye. He just not need to share it. No, absolutely not. He calls it a beautiful experience. Alyssa, in an interview, sums it all up. She, she's just like, holy shit. Everyone is in shock. Both of them together. Did you know? They ask questions. He says it was a great learning experience. Um, but Alyssa's all like, that's the, that's his life to lead. You know, I wouldn't do it, but, you know, you do you. <laughs> then Olajuwon asks about threesomes. Everybody basically says it's off the table. And... <laughs> Katina, in an interview, is like, she's over his Isaac stories. Don't bring that over there. <laughs> they go back and forth about, it's not happening, but if she offered, why would he deny it? I'm like, these two are not having it. Between the gym and this, these two are not having a good day.
2: Yeah.
0: Did you notice that Steve says um, about, like, a Canadian he sure does. And Sounds I'm like, your whole, your whole family's in
1: Boston, so I don't get it. Or, <laughs> or maybe they all flew in. I don't, I don't know. <sighs> okay. Noy and Steve are at a beautiful, I think they're at the seaside, dinner. There is an appropriate amount of flowers on the table. <laughs> Whoever planned those wedding flowers, take a note from the Caribe Hilton. Did I tell you that I found out that uh, my sister went to her honeymoon at the Caribe Hilton? Yeah, you did. I
0: knew that. I don't know why you didn't know that.
1: <laughs> I love that you remember where my sister went on her honeymoon, and I don't remember where my sister... I think if you would have asked me where she even went, I would have taken a while to even come up with Puerto Rico. But she was watching <laughs> the show, she's like, yeah, we went there. And I was like, oh, look, me, still haven't been to Puerto Rico. <laughs> um, Noi and Steve, at the seaside, he says it looks like it's it's been fun, and they talk about the catamaran... And Noy talks more about the emotional connection that she feels that she has for him. And look at them have an open conversation. Steve says, it seemed like you weren't happy with my response. And she says it wasn't what she wanted to hear. And he says, based on the three days that we've known each other, they have potential, but he wants to honor himself. He can't just say that until he knows and they haven't gotten to that level. It's something that they need to think about. Um still bored i mean i was excited by two people openly
0: communicating you know yeah like (laughs) they're doing everything right don't get me wrong they look good together they're comfortable together they're cute together but just an element of boring but those are the ones who make it look at our anthony and ashley's jess and austin and i would like somebody to make it so
1: i'm good with them yeah (laughs) i'm happy when they're on my screen yeah So she brings up the cheating that he put his finger down for. And she says she was shocked to hear that from you. Basically, they both sort of talk about how they were like teenagers or first relationships. And once they realize the harm that they had done, they're like not doing that again.
0: I wanted to do a caveat because I just realized that I'm contradicting myself. I always say like we want to see people fall in love. We are. (laughs) And now I'm here just like boring, boring, boring. This is why they do what they do. So. I recognize it, people, just for anyone who might be thinking that. But, you know, I'm human and a hypocrite. So I mean, we we all are,
1: you know? (laughs) I always say I want to see people fall in love. And then, I mean, Chris and Alyssa are basically my favorite couple right now. So entertaining. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Jasmina is by herself on a selfie cam. And she tells us that Michael says that she cut him off while they were on the catamaran talking about consummating their marriage and that he wanted an apology poor mike in that unlike in regular life there's tape so they roll tape she never cut him off
2: Mm -mm.
1: he finished his explanation she finished her explanation and let's just say that she did cut him off is that really worth a fight you demand an apology (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) he's a happy person though he she's like he's telling me that i did And if it happens, she needs to apologize. And she's not apologizing because she feels that she did not do that. She says she can apologize for her tone. And then she says in this argument, he's being aggressive, rude, and loud. And she doesn't tolerate disrespect. And the whole time she's talking, we're like watching Mike at the gym. It was (laughs) kind of a strange way to shoot. (laughs) I mean,
0: they showed him like at the end, like head in hand. Like, oh, I feel so bad, kind of. Okay.
1: (laughs) She says that she doesn't want to be around him right now. She's not feeling this marriage. She's not feeling him. Oh, boy. So, like, so basically, Noi and Steve are having a good day. At this point, Mark and Lindsay are at neutral. Um, Okay. Next, we're up with Katina and Olajuwon. Olajuwon is in his all-white island look. Um, they talk about how the day was fun. She explains to him that even though they talked about how they weren't going to talk about this Lindsay and one fight anymore, Lindsay brought it up again and she made it seem like she was the victim and Katina was just not going to sit there and stand for that. Um, one is like, okay.
0: And then in an interview, he's like, I'm glad she defended me. <laughs> and I wasn't even there. So it wasn't like she was trying to impress me. And then... A larger one is dying to talk about his Isaac
1: days. (laughs) So he brings it up again. He's like, I want to tell you about the mother and daughter and the threesome. And she explains that it didn't bother her that he told the stories, which I'm like, it bothered me. Um, But she doesn't like to share why would they invite someone into their marriage. And he says he's fine with another woman. Katina says that he wants to leave Isaac in the past. And I'm like, then why do we have to talk about him all the time? <laughs> Glory days. Um, They have like a conversation. He's like, he calls her his other half. He says she's easy to talk to. And I'm like, I don't think you listen very much, but okay.
2: <laughs> he says
1: he's never been so vulnerable, but he has the right person now. Then he says he deleted his IG for her. I was like, who were you following on Instagram that you had to delete it? It's just Instagram can be a distraction. I want to know what kind of models Olajuwon was following that he had to delete it. (laughs) And especially since the next topic was like, oh, it's crazy because we're not even having sex. Like, I just want to get to know you on an intimate level. I want to be able to control my body. And my past was physical, but she brings joy without the physical. He wants to know his wife in and out mentally. And I was like, when I connected that with the erasure of the Instagram, I was like, who are you following?
0: Let me ask you this. Everything Olajuwon was saying is what you would want to hear from a person What makes what he's saying bad? Is it just the perception (laughs) of what we have from Olajuwon? Because, and and I just want to hear your perspective and then I'll share mine.
1: It is very difficult for me to register Olajuwon as a genuine person. I don't know if it's just like the way he talks, it's like so fast, there's so much, it's all the time. I'm not saying that he's not genuine, but it doesn't register as genuine to me.
0: And I get that. To be very honest with you, I get that. The way he talks is very salesman But I'm just wondering, like, everyone says this thing, and I'm like, if Michael was saying this, would we just take it? But nothing about what he says is genuine. But there are moments in and out where I do believe him, and I just feel like he's misunderstood. But it would be nice if someone could say, what is it about him? Like, has he... Isn't it an innocent until proven guilty type situation? Why aren't we taking him at face value? Because we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> if you like, mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, I'll be happy.
1: But, um, yeah, if I'm wrong, I'll be happy. I'll leave that there. But uh, I'm not liking a one. Even sometimes I think, oh, I like one and continue together. But him as an individual just really strikes something very annoying inside of me
0: that's true but there's just certain things like the way he handled the lindsay thing i think he handled that really well like very level-headed and every time he says like i'm not gonna focus on that like my it has nothing to do i don't want anything to interfere with my wife and i like that's just where we are i respect him for that i you know
1: i give him points for that too but that doesn't make me like him overall
0: (laughs) Uh, okay just curious I loved Katina's dress so much, but did you notice that she had a nip slip going and it was blurred the entire time? I, my eyes did not even register it. <laughs> yeah, it was blurred. But yeah.
1: All right. Next comes Alyssa, the woman of doom. When
0: can we vote them out though?
1: <laughs> they have to vote themselves out.
0: Um. <laughs> is, is, Chris, is Chris wearing the same shirt every day? The blue shirt? With the, the button-up blue shirt.
1: Maybe.
0: I feel like I've seen it every every day they've been on the honeymoon.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know me. Sometimes I don't pay any attention to what people are wearing. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> or I hyper-focus on it. It's <laughs> one or the other. Um, Chris comes down in, I guess, a repeat blue shirt and says, good morning. <laughs> Chris says that they're about to go scuba snorkeling.
0: Snooba diving.
1: So they snorkel and scuba dive at the same time. (laughs) These people are terrible. He's like, I'm excited to do something that I want to do. And she says that she'll watch him do it and they can grab stuff and head out. And these people are really evil because they're like, she says, this is the first time I've seen him with his shirt off. And she doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but she doesn't think Chris is her type physically. And that's okay to say. It would have been okay to say if she would have <laughs> just said the last part, which is he's not my type physically. But you had to say, this is the first time I've seen him with a shirt off.
0: <laughs> and then oh. you knew whose side the cameraman was on. Because <laughs> <laughs> then they did a side profile of Alyssa in a non-flattering pose. The, you know, I kind of saw that and I was like, No. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, we're going to show you. And I'm like, eek. So she stands outside
1: and watches him for like, it, they make it seem like she's there for five minutes. And then she goes inside to eat. And <laughs> it took me a while to figure out, but I was like, I don't think she knows she's being recorded.
0: Ah, uh, Oh, yeah, because it was a weird angle. It mm-hmm. was like from the bottom and I'm like why is the camera there and not like
1: eye level mm, I was like what's okay. that I can't remember the beginning of the jingle but it goes da, you're around candid camera smile <laughs> <You're
2: on Candid. laughs>
1: <laughs> so she's going on a little rant to whoever she's talking to she doesn't want to scoop a dive she doesn't want to sink to the bottom of the floor they paddleboarded and that was a better activity I have no idea why paddleboarding was a better activity they were
0: separated she doesn't <laughs> have to be around him was what she said
1: I mean, this is a very fine distinction. The producer asked, Well, what do you want to do? And she's like, I just want to leave here. Then leave. (laughs) And then Chris, Chris, poor Chris, he's an interview. He's like, I had a great time. And we see so much cool video of him in the ocean with the colorful fishes. And he's like, There were fish, there were a million colors down there. But he didn't anticipate doing these by
0: himself really random aid i have gone snoopy diving before except i got scared of the fish <laughs> <They're laughs> for <from> me? <laughs> because when we're down there the 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 instructor has like bread and then they just put it out there and they just come like in well this is it called shoals of fish or whatever they come and they swarm you all over and i was like get it away from me but of course no one can hear you you're underwater but it's pretty the pictures are pretty How's the breathing situation? So in my case, it wasn't like the snorkel. When I have gone snorkeling, I ingested a whole bunch of salt water. But in my case, it was like a helmet type situation. But you can breathe through it. But my brain wasn't connecting that when you put the helmet, you can still breathe. I just thought I was going to die. So it took so. (laughs) It took a while for me to realize like, yeah, you can breathe tame. But it's also really heavy because it weighs you down. So you can go way down into the ocean. So yeah, it was an experience. That Alyssa didn't get to have. (laughs) Instead, (laughs) she had a fight by herself. (laughs) So she's on candid
1: camera telling this producer, she's mad at her mom right now. I called her and I said, I don't want to go swimming with him. And that's not an activity. And I don't feel comfortable. She's just working herself up. Paddleboarding is different. You just do it. You don't want to be, and then her mom apparently says, you don't want to come off a certain way on TV because her mom has some sense. And then she says, I have literally been the nicest person, but her mom says she's being difficult. Everyone else here has someone. I'm like, yes, they have the person they married. (laughs) You have the person you married and you don't want him. She's stuck here swimming with him and she's not happy. And she starts crying. And then we see Chris coming over and she says, tell him not to come here. I don't like him. And he was so happy, too. I I mean, it was just a grown woman tantrum. I mean, there's no other way to describe that. Yeah, it was. It was like a
0: meltdown, really.
1: I feel like she was, like, talked into it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) goaded. That producer was just like, let me goad her while I have this secret camera going. And then the music was, every time you come around, you're just a problem, was the lyric.
0: (laughs) (sighs) It's really scary how Alyssa feels like she is making sense. Her and, mom is trying to talk some sense into her. Like, just just go
1: swimming. She didn't say like have sex with this man and make a baby. She just said go
0: swimming. I don't know. She's genuinely like repulsed by him. For those who watch Love Island, she she has the ick. I don't
1: I don't know what that is, but
0: that's what it like repulsed. Like once you're like, I can't stand it. like if you breathe, like why are you even alive? Like I'm just irritated by you on a thousand level. They just say, I have to eat.
1: Huh. I've heard of the bitch, e- bitch eating crackers.
0: <laughs> I don't know what that is.
1: That's where it's like, look at her over there eating crackers. Basically, whatever they do, it's going to bother you, including things that have nothing to do with you. Just the look of them in your uh, presence. <laughs> got it. <laughs> so on that note, we'll be right back.
0: <laughs> and we're back. So we move on over to Steve and Noy to cleanse our palates and they are in the pool and Steve thinks that, you know, she looks hot and he's definitely attracted to her. She asks if he likes kissing her and on a scale of one to hundred, you know, how does he like it? How much does he like it? And he says... A hundred when the cameras are not around. Because, but when they're around, it's like mid-fifties because he feels like she just kind of pecks at him and then they <laughs> laugh about it. It's cute, actually. <laughs> so I'm telling you, this whole camera aspect of the show seems to be like the bane of all of them's existence, but it's the reason you sign up, I guess. Well, there's a trade-off. Yeah, if it works out. But he definitely wants to make sure that she's comfortable. Steve tells her that he said he liked her a lot. And is he supposed to love her to 100 already? So Noy says she's overwhelmed with emotions because she feels like it's happening again. The thing that's happening again is her falling in love and that she's grateful that she gets a second chance. This is all in a confessional. And that Steve is that for her. And she's tearing up. And I guess the drinking game is just every episode noise going to shed a tear. I think she's a crier, so... We should just buckle up. So they kiss and that's how their scene ends. It's like they're swimming in the pool at nighttime. So it's romantic too. So it is time for Michael and Jasmina's windy dinner under the stars. And Michael says he hopes the dinner will ease the tension. He starts by asking her if she has any expectations for him as her husband. And Jasmina says she expects him to talk to her respectfully as her husband. And she brings up what happened in the boat. And this goes back to what I'm saying. Like, they just need to relax. Like, why can't the producers have them go get a massage or something? Because they just sat down. By the time you sit down, how is your first question? What are your expectations for me as a husband? Like, relax. So Michael says, I'm sorry you felt that way is not an apology. He's not wrong. But Jasmina has explained to us, not to him, that she's not going to apologize. The only thing she feels sorry for is how he felt or how she made him feel. So that's the only thing she's going to apologize for. So that's why she's saying, I'm sorry, you felt that way. Let's just say, even though
1: we have tape knowing it didn't happen, that she did cut him off, why is this the hill he wants to die on? Is this looking for a way out already? <laughs> It's such a silly, this is your second silly argument in like two days. I was a little bit graceful about the last one. I thought that wasn't as bad. But I'm just like, let's just say that someone cut you off. Are you really going to hold a grudge like this for this long, waiting for your apology for being cut off?
0: All I'm going to say is, I told y'all I don't like Michael, but you know. I was thinking, dang (laughs) it, she's going to be right about him and she's going to be right about Olajuwon. I'm just like, there's something about him that's not ready for this. Like, I don't know. But I did ask the same question that you asked. Like, are these two going to keep having arguments where we're just in a hamster wheel? Because I don't understand it. Jasmina says again that she's not going to apologize because she did not cut him off, but she is sorry that he felt that way. Michael says that, okay, so if the tables were turned, would you be fine with that apology? And she says, yes. That's a goddamn lie. It sure is. (laughs) He says, okay, so that means we're different in that way. Jasmina says, no, we aren't. Uh, Yeah, you are. Like, I don't, I don't, they keep picking at each other. So she continues that he wants her to apologize the way he wants her to, and she won't do that. And then we had ominous music, and then we cut to commercial. (laughs) I just had to add that part, because the wind was really blowing so hard. I'm like, this has to be cold. (laughs) So Michael says, He's not sure what else to say about this because he feels like they're talking—they're talking in circles, and they're just gonna have to agree to disagree. Add that to your drinking game because every episode so far, he said that we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Michael says in his head he thinks that she cut him off, and this was in a confessional. In this moment, I so badly wanted the producers to hand him an iPad and say, "Watch this scene," <laughs> so he could feel so silly. So he asks Jasmina, I mean, they're done with the conversation, they're sitting. And because they have study session, he's like, so what are you thinking? And she's like, that I want something to drink. <laughs> Michael says, I mean, going forward, however you choose to apologize is how it should be accepted. So being that case, he accepts her apology. <laughs> she makes a face and he asks, why the face? And she says that he is, are you genuinely accepting my apology? And, Aida, I'm exhausted. Like, we have questioned back and forth. <laughs> so now <laughs> we're, it's her turn to ask him if he's genuinely accepting it. He's like, yes, that it is genuine. And if, if, in her heart, she doesn't think she didn't cut him off, that was a lot of qualifiers in that, then okay, They can only have a real conversation if it happens again and he points it out immediately. And I'm like, are you going to be with a group of people and you're going to stop and say, Hey, you cut me off now. I just don't understand (laughs) the logic. I can't
1: understand it at all. If you got cut, I'm I'm just so confused. If you got cut off, I, I actually, I'm about to be like, it's not even about being cut off now. I think it might've been the topic. Like maybe he wanted to explain in a very specific way why they didn't have sex and he didn't like the way she explained it. So instead of just saying like, oh, I don't like the," Oh, you cut me off. I don't know.
0: In the grand scheme of things, you just met, even if she cut you off, it's not the great. It's not the worst thing in the world. Just think the best or just give her the benefit of the doubt that she didn't mean to cut you off and let it go. It's but just I not think-
1: worth arguing about.
0: Yeah, it's not. But I think Michael is insecure. So it now goes on to, I'm the man. You cut me off in front of everybody. You're disrespecting me, making me seem like I'm not the man, blah, blah, blah. That's my point of view of why he was upset about the alleged cut you off. (laughs) Can't talk about it anymore. We have to move on. Yes. (laughs) So Jasmina says her issue was the delivery of how he said it and the aggression. And, you know, we don't have that on camera. So, but the way she's talked about it, I have to assume that he was really, really aggressive about it. And that threw her off guard. And he says he apologizes for that. And he's working on it. He actually says that it's an issue that he has had and has been told by others that it is not his intention to sound abrasive or condescending. And that's something that he needs to make sure he nips in the butt. Except, guys, I rewound this three times. He said, nips in the butt. Promise. <laughs> like, I didn't want to, you know, slander his name. I mean, I can't, I use malapropisms all the time. So, <laughs> okay. But he said, nips in the butt immediately <laughs> before they go back to Boston. To me, this is concerning. Um, how quickly he admitted that
1: it actually happened, says that it, it happened probably the way Jasmina said it. And I was also concerned when he said he will nip it in the bud when they get back to Boston. I'm like, yeah, five more <laughs> days of a honeymoon. Why don't you start now?
0: He did say no. He said he'll nip it in the bud immediately before they go back to Boston. Okay. That's what he said. Okay. But I'm just like, if many people have told you that you're abrasive, that's a problem.
1: And I think, you know, the mic that we see on camera seems to be a completely different person than off camera mic. And I don't think he's going to be able to hold it in for the whole eight weeks. I think we're going to see this. I mean, that's the mic I see. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Jasmina says she appreciates him for saying that, even if her face doesn't agree. And I'm just grateful that she didn't ask him again, do you mean what you what you just said? Just, let's just end this and then, then move on. So... It comes to a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I know I'm there with, with this. Oh, wait, I lied. Because Michael did say, are you truly not bothered by it anymore? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. He was like, are you truly not bothered by it? And I'm like, oh my God, they're just going to keep checking on each other. She says I am, but I have to accept what you're saying. And then now they let it go. They didn't, they cut to the commercial yeah. Um. Then we have Lindsay and Mark They're holding hands And Lindsay tells him Ah, you look stressed Mark says It's just so much here And the wedding was a high in so many things He loves the interesting things That they have had And the core things that they share But with the honeymoon It was conflicting things What were the conflicting things? The girls attacking you And the situation is holding them back. He says it's a lot. And he tries to digest it. And he can't breathe. He likes that she wants to take care of him. But he wants to not rush so many things that they can do down the road. And he wants to go slow in the process. You know, like, don't marry a stranger (laughs) if you really want to go (laughs) slow. says if things are too accelerated then he wouldn't fall for her organically so he wants it slow so they don't rush if you haven't kept up he has said slow like a hundred thousand times in like five seconds he says they just met and slow and steady wins the race Lindsay says what are you asking for exactly because that was my question too
1: like, i had no idea what this man was saying so you know There is something inside of Lindsay that we all love. And when she says, what are you saying? It's
0: like, yeah, yeah. What are you saying? Mm -hmm. He's like, I just want to go slow and steady. I don't want to be lovey-dovey. And he he tells us that different things have affected his mood. That he doesn't want to be lovey-dovey when everything is chaotic. And then Lindsay's quiet. Mark asks, what is she thinking because she seems annoyed duh (laughs) you just said a whole bunch of not nonsense nice things and you're saying she seems annoyed Lindsay says it's confusing when he was the first who wanted to jump all in like if you want me to pull back i will pull all the way back there is no in between she says if you want it to be less then stop clogging the toilets. <laughs> stop farting in bed. And you want a little romance. I don't need to see all that. You need to stop chewing with your mouth open. So let's pull all the way back. Take that note for yourself as well. <laughs> Let us discuss. <laughs> okay.
1: The Good. problem with After Party is that this scene makes no sense at all unless you watched After Party. What we know from After Party is they had sex three times that day. And instead of Mark just saying, I think we're having too much sex and it's getting in the way of us actually getting to know each other, he came up with all that nonsense. I was kind of Team Lindsay on this
0: one. I had no idea what this man was saying. Oh, I have a completely different take on that. I don't think it was sex. Everything he's saying is an issue is not things directly related to them. As a couple on paper or whatever they work granted Lindsay has had all those things or whatever but i think that he my with no facts thought is that he had a conversation with someone because that was a turnaround yes Lindsay tells us that they had sex all the time if you were so concerned why did you have sex like what switched your mind in like hours when you say a conversation with someone who do you mean maybe a larger one I don't know. But that's that's the first person that came to mind based on the conversation that the guys had when they weren't shore. I think they had a conversation like, dude, do you think you can live with this for the rest of your life? Are you concerned about this? Are you this or da, da, da?" And then he started having doubts. That may be so. But the use of the word lovey dovey, I don't see them being
1: super affectionate. And so when she's like, yeah, we had sex a lot. I'm like does he want to have less sex because it feels like it's clouding his mind or something or they're moving too fast the thing is i think that might be a justified thing although with the death knell of maths if you say oh we had sex and i won't have sex anymore it's you're dead
0: um i actually think they're lovey-dovey because i would taken notes saying like oh where's my pda from the people but they're the only ones that i've seen that give each other kisses and then they hold each other and then they hold hands For me, I would kind of see the sex part, but the timing of it all is what's so fishy. Why didn't you just stop at the morning? Let's just even give him the benefit of that. Why still have sex with her multiple times after that if you were already wanting to pull back? Because we know about the fact that he, quote-unquote, planned this romantic dinner. So I don't don't know. It's possible. Who knows? We wouldn't know entirely. But yeah, uh, Team Lindsay on this you just pulled a 180 and that was not cool at all Lindsay's frustrated and she's mad saying why did you plan a romantic dinner why did you consummate the marriage you are so stupid she didn't <laughs> say it to his face it was a commercial but i i mean confessional but you know um her dad i think kind of said you know once she loses it she just can't control her mouth um not cool to just Call your husband stupid, granted it was not to his face, but not okay. So Lindsay asks, you know, are they done? Because this is zero romance and she's ready for bed and walks away. Mark walks behind her and tells us that the whole purpose of this meal was to let her know where he's at, that he thinks they can have amazing things because of their core, but there are a lot of things that have happened and some I didn't see that coming. So I'm just like, I mean, I don't, maybe we probably don't have the full picture, but either way, I still think Mark was in the wrong for this. So they get to the room and Lindsay said, she doesn't want to talk to him. She's furious that he said everything was great up until recently. And now he just dropped his bomb on her. Lindsay asked him if what he thinks he did. Lindsay's only concern is not what he said. It's just the fact that he, he promised her a romantic dinner. And she didn't get that 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 instead
1: she got <laughs> we're going too fast in very unspecified terms.
0: that was her vote of contention. She's like, what you did today, like do you think anything you said today led to a romantic dinner? Mac was like <laughs> Mark was like, "I planned a romantic, and she cuts him off and says, "What part? What part what of part? the dinner was romantic?" <laughs> And he's like, okay, I'm not going to make you happy, so I'm going to walk away. At this point, Mark is, like, flailing. He's, like, stammering and hemming and hawing. And she tells him, feel free to step out. And then he does. So then we see Olajuwon and Katina. They come back to the room with rose petals and a heart. It says KD on it for Katina Dickerson. Took me a second to realize that it was not in a bed. It was on a table. Oh,
1: I thought it was a bed. Thank you. (laughs) And I thought Kevin Durant? And sorry, I'm not even a sports fan, but when I hear KD, I think
0: Kevin Durant, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I saw the plastic chairs and I was like, oh, it's on the table. So one is like, you know, saying all these things about her, my queen, my better half, and I just want her to know because she deserves it. He wants her to know that he wouldn't drop the ball And he's making vows, like he's literally saying wedding vows in the hotel room and holding her hands, making declarations of love to her, and she laughed. She seemed uncomfortable. (laughs) He was basically love bumping her. Yes. So. He ends with God brought us to this and she actually finishes it and is like and he'll get us through this amen. The thing is, no matter what any of us are thinking, Katina is receiving this very well.
1: She sure is.
0: <laughs> they kiss and Elijah one says it's beyond a fairy tale and this is a dream come true. He calls her his queen again and gives her a foot massage. Katina receives it because she says, and this is a confessional, that she hasn't felt this way in a while, and that to her, he's sweet, and to others, like the AIDS, he might be sour, but he's so nice and kind, and she actually got choked up. And honestly, I can't tell if he's being genuine or if he was trying to get some, but, I mean, after party closed it up, he didn't get some, so he was being genuine, I'm going with that, I don't care what y'all say. And she tells us that she feels that she's falling in love. What is wrong with this season 14, (laughs) ladies? What is this love thing? You haven't even moved in together. (laughs) Everybody's in love and they've known each other like 72 hours. But I tell you this though, remember episode one where I was like, all these people, like the one thing, they really just want to be married. (laughs) Like more than any other season. Possibly. And they're willing to, yeah. (laughs) It's interesting though because...
1: As where we are now, three out of the five couples are doing pretty good. 3 When I, when we say two? Okay, I guess two. The funny thing about Mark and Lindsay to me is I have hope for them up until about six weeks. I'm very wedded to my six weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah. And even the second couple that we have, half the people don't believe him. So... <laughs>
1: The thing about Olajuwon,
0: I'll give him this. I think he and Katina are pretty good. Mm-hmm. He just annoys me. Yeah. It's a personality thing. I think they really matched him up with the right person because not everybody will put up with his shit. Like another person would have taken, would have been so mad at the whole threesome, mother daughter thing. But Katina kind of just brushes these things off. She's like, mm. so. I enjoy that Katina makes Olajuwon chase her. I really enjoy <laughs> Yeah. I like that she's not, oh God, is this bad? She's not like annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Steve doesn't have to do anything. She's like, I love you. <laughs> oh my <hang on>. God. <laughs> but yeah. So a one says, you know, they have black love and Katina actually tears up and says that she feels so happy. She's not in love yet, but she wishes that every woman could feel this way.
1: So sweet.
0: And that was it for the
1: episode, a lot. A lot, everybody has things going on, everybody. So Tane, who has your bouquet this week?
0: Oh my God. I had a larger room, but I had to take him out. But my bouquet goes to Jasmina. It goes to Jasmina for asking Michael the right questions in the beginning when she asked about, you know, why are you the way you are? It goes to Jasmina for checking Michael when he was like, you got to apologize to me. And he also goes to Jasmina for explaining to Lindsay in a calm, unrude manner about why she was wrong about the whole trigger date. Okay. Who has your bouquet?
1: Noy and Steve, you know, in the midst of a storm, they are the calm. <laughs> They're just talking to each other about things openly and they like yeah. each other a lot.
0: Yeah, they enjoy each
1: other. I I wish, like, Jasmina and Michael and Lindsay and Mark would be in a much better position if they could just talk to each other the way Noy and Steve talk to each other.
0: Yeah, agreed. But who has your burn ashes? My burn ashes goes to Mark. Wasn't cool. Think a lot of things about Lindsay, but if nothing else, she really likes Mark And she's been respectful of him and been by his side and he just didn't handle this right. Don't have sex with someone three times and then pull this on her. He really pulled a rug from underneath her. He could have just also waited till they were like in bed and had like a Johnny and Bao type situation. The bed is where they fight wars. (laughs) So yeah, Mark gets my burn ashes. Who has yours? Alyssa. (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) Nothing really i was just like i can't waste my burnt ashes on her anymore she's non-factor
1: i let you have her last week so i'm like i'm taking her this week and lord knows what she'll do next week mm. yeah okay all right guys that's it for this week you can find Tane on the rewatch podcast where she covers sex in the city and and just like that with lovely nana And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. Love to hear your thoughts on social media.
0: We're available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe anywhere you listen. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And don't forget that we have the bonus episode on our Patreon every Monday where we cover maths after party. Bye.